Well, good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on this 10th Sunday after Pentecost as we gather together to receive the gifts of God in word and sacrament. Before we begin our worship this morning, I have just one prayer request for you, and that's Nancy Packer Foltz, who had a stroke yesterday, is now in the hospital in Findlay. So please keep Nancy in your prayers. Are there any announcements or prayer requests from the congregation this morning? Yeah, Rose? Oh, I have a mistake in the bulletin, so I'll just tell you so you'll know what it is. <laughs> Game night is not August 20th, it's August 27th. <coughs> so I'll try to get it right next week. You're forgiven. Uh, thank you. <laughs> it's good having a boss that forgives you. <laughs> All right, if there are no other announcements, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude. you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin. mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, 
I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth.
glorious God, your generosity waters the world with goodness, and you cover creation with abundance. Awaken in us a hunger for the food that satisfies both body and spirit, and with this food fill all the starving world through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear, and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that you do not know you shall run to, because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. The word of the Lord. Our psalm for today is Psalm 145. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Glory to our goodness to all, and your compassion is over all your works. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up those who are bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon you, O Lord, and you give them their food in season. You open wide your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. You are near to all who call upon you, to all who call upon you faithfully. You fulfill the desire of those who fear you, and hear their cries and save them. You watch over all those who love you, but all the wicked you shall destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord. Let all flesh bless God's holy name forever and ever. A reading from Romans. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it by the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my own people, my kindred according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from them, according to the flesh, comes the Messiah, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew. Now, when Jesus heard about the beheading of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place. And the hour is now late. Send the crowds away, so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled, and they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we've been working through the book of Romans and the lectionary readings this summer. 
And so the last three weeks, we looked at Romans chapter 8. And Romans chapter 8 is the chapter I argued that you should bookmark. It's the chapter that you will want to return to over and over again in your life. It's a chapter that's full of the promises of God. God's promises to you that you are his child and that nothing will separate you from his love. And salvation itself is to place our faith into these words of promise. For the promises themselves rest on what Christ has done for you. And now in Romans chapter 9, which we get this morning, St. Paul anticipates an objection from his original audience. So in Romans 8, St. Paul has just argued that there is nothing in all of creation that can separate us from the love of God in Christ. But, and this is the argument that he anticipates, but what about the people of Israel? The, the book of Romans that we're getting here was originally written to Jews and Gentiles alike who shared a church together in the city of Rome. And so there are Jews and Gentiles both in the audience that Paul's originally writing to. And so this is the anticipation. What about those people who, by virtue of being Jewish, have the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises? Have these children of God been separated from the love of God? And if so, are God's promises really trustworthy? Can God's word fail? Did God's word fail the Jewish people? And that's the heart of the objection that Paul anticipates. Are God's promises trustworthy? Can you count on all these wonderful things that we just heard in Romans chapter 8? In one sense, it's like asking if currency is trustworthy. Can you take your American dollars to the store and expect that the cashier will exchange that money for eggs, milk, and bread? Well, yes, for now you can because the American government backs and upholds the value of your dollars. But if the American government and the banks that it insures were to fail, your dollars would become worthless. There would no longer be a system backing your money's value. The grocery store clerk might realize that their eggs, milk, and bread are more stable and valuable than the paper that the money is printed on. It was even in the news this week that Fitch credit ratings lowered the U.S. government's credit rating from AAA to AA+, stating that in some respects there is reason to have less faith in the government's ability to secure the dollar. In other words, for money to retain its value, the government has to responsibly show it can protect the money's value. And so I know that's a simple way to talk about a complex subject, but it's the same basic idea that Paul's getting at in Romans 9. Can we trust the value of God's promises if Israel itself is not saved? If God doesn't back the value of being an Israelite, can we trust that he backs the value of being called a Christian? If God isn't saving all of Israel, should his credit rating be lowered? And so Paul first in our reading acknowledges the sadness of the situation. He says even that he wishes that he could be accursed so that his fellow Israelites would be saved. And this is what we've just heard this morning in our reading from Romans 9. Paul is anguished because he sees that those who share his ancestry, those who are his brethren according to the flesh, are rejecting the gospel of Christ. And Paul acknowledges that this is a terribly sad thing. Christ, who is the fulfillment of all the things God has given to the Jewish people, the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises, were being rejected by a great many Israelites. In verse 6 of Romans 9, which our lectionary doesn't give us, unfortunately, Paul makes an important claim. He writes, It is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all Israelites truly belong to Israel, and not all of Abraham's children are his true descendants. And you can hear the claim that he's making. He is saying DNA does not make you a child of God. Just because an Israelite might be able to trace their genealogy back to Abraham does not mean that they are saved by the gospel. This echoes what we find in the gospels too. John the Baptist preaches to the Jewish people, God is able to raise up descendants of Abraham out of these rocks. 
And Jesus, in the Gospel of John, tells the Pharisees who challenged him, you are not the children of Abraham, but the children of the devil. And they're all saying the same thing. One is not saved because of their race or ancestry. And so in Romans 9, 8, Paul writes, this means that it's not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise who are counted as descendants. In other words, the, the true descendants of Abraham aren't made just because they are on a family tree, but they're made descendants of Abraham because they trust in God's promise. And God's promises are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so now the true children of Abraham are those who put their faith in Christ. Therefore, for Paul, the fact that many people of Israel reject Christ doesn't mean that God has failed. Instead, he says, it has always been the case that the ones who are saved are the ones who put their trust in God's saving word. They were never saved by just being Jewish. They were never saved by just doing the law. Instead, people were always saved by trusting in the word of promise from God. This is the promise that they would be blessed and not cursed, the promise that their sins would be forgiven. That's the saving message, and that's been the saving message from the first day. And this is the message that in the Old Testament pointed forward to Christ, and it's the message that we now preach and stand on that points back to Christ. But this is always the gospel that has saved sinners. And so God's promises have not failed. His word has not failed. Those who trust in Christ, those who trust in God's promises are saved. But in Romans 9, there is a warning for us against pride because it challenges us to ask, where do we place our confidence? What do we trust to save us? Because Paul makes it clear that you cannot trust your DNA to save you. You don't get to appeal to the faith of your parents, the faith of your grandparents or ancestors. And it's very likely that your parents and grandparents were great faithful Christians. And indeed, to them belong the adoption, the worship, the glory, and the promises. But they can't save you. Your last name doesn't save you. Your nationality doesn't save you. The color of your skin doesn't save you. And nor do you get to appeal to all of the external labels that you claim. You don't get to appeal to the fact that you're a member of a Lutheran church. Indeed, as Lutherans, we have a great inheritance. And of course, there are always jokes about that inheritance. Lutherans like to drink their coffee, they drink too much beer, they sit in the back row, they can't sing contemporary songs, they eat too much sauerkraut, whatever. But that's not our, that's not our heritage as Lutherans. Our heritage is the preaching of the gospel that we're justified by faith alone. And it's a great heritage. It's great to sing a mighty fortress. It's great to celebrate the Reformation in October and so on. But none of that saves you. You're not saved because you're a Lutheran. You're not saved because your name is on church rolls. You're not saved by coming to church. You're not saved by being a good, decent person. What saves you? Well, nothing but trusting in the promises of God found in Jesus Christ. That's it. And that's what St. Paul would have us take from Romans chapter 9. Your confidence, your boasting, your trust must be in Christ and nothing else because only Christ can save you. Only Christ can satisfy your soul. Only Christ satisfies body and spirit as we read in the feeding of the 5,000. And it is Christ himself who guarantees God's promises to you. We talked about how the American government backs the value of our currency. Well, what backs the value of God's promises to you is Jesus Christ. He became flesh for you, he died for you, and he was raised from the dead for you. And that's how we know that God will never go back on his promises to you. That's how we know that God's promises will not lose their value. God's promises are based on the person of Jesus Christ, and they're given to you in Christ. God will not go back on them because he is not going to go back on his very own son. He's not going to go back on his very own word. And so then we put our confidence in Christ alone because he will not fail us.
Amen. Let us stand and confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made. pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. 
Father, your steadfast love is gracious and overflowing. Teach your people to look to you in every need, to be thankful for everything that you give them, and to know that no danger, trouble, or hardship can ever separate them from your love in Christ Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we give you thanks that you have blessed us beyond what we deserve and given to us your church. And so we ask that you would bless all pastors, all church workers, and all teachers in their service to us in your holy name. And bless those who now consider and prepare for church work and vocations. Lord, in your mercy. Father, your son miraculously fed the 5,000 and satisfied them. We thank you for all you do to provide support for our bodies and lives. And so make us content with what you give, that we may not covet or turn elsewhere for what comes from your hand alone. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we are richly and daily surrounded with your love and care. Give us eyes to see your mercies new every morning and grant us grateful hearts that we have received, we may also generously share with the needy and with your church. Lord, in your mercy. Father, you daily bless us with abundance and with freedom. Bless those who defend us from our enemies, who serve us in government, and who protect us in our communities. Be with our President Joseph, our Congress, our Governor, Richard Michael, our judges and magistrates, that they may discern the right path and lead us with honor and integrity. Lord, in your mercy. Father, visit us in your compassion. Deliver the sick from their infirmity, the troubled from their afflictions, and the grieving from their sorrow. Especially, we lift up to you, Nancy, Jim, Matt, Charlie, Jane, Lynn, Carol, Eileen, Nancy, Jamie, Martha, Brandy, Marilyn, Virgil, Tony, Carolyn, and Amanda. And may all who cry to you receive grace according to your compassionate will. Lord, in your mercy. Father, your steadfast love and mercy are forever, but our faith is tested daily. Give us strength and endurance that we may not despair, but have confidence in your grace within your word and sacraments. Lord, in your mercy. The Lord seek, let us seek you while we may be found, call upon you in the day of salvation, and be prepared by your mercy for the day of judgment. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always.
Let us pray. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care, and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending Mighty and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation. I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.